You have failed, you have failed, you have failed. You have failed, you have failed, you have failed. You have failed, do do. You have failed, do do. You have failed, you have failed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of You Have Failed with me, Sam Vader. Where, as always, we will start off with the announcement that we here at Sidgewarts do, of course, stand with the Black Lives Matter campaign and are working on some things to hopefully show our support uh, and push for more support from other people uh, as much as we can. But we, of course, do stand with the very important and uh, very needed campaign and we'll keep drawing attention to it until we get the progress that uh, we believe is needed. Uh, without further ado, we shall get straight into today's episode, where today we're going to start with a bit of tale of the, the weird weekend I've had. Thursday I went to go ape, that, uh, my hands are still recovering from literally being ripped to shreds um, on the wires and stuff. Just holding on and stuff, I got like rope burn and wire burn and loads of blisters over my hand, but that was really fun. Friday was my cousin's uh, 17th birthday, went around there in the evening, had a few drinks. That was nice, nice on Friday. Saturday, um, my brother had his thirteenth brother had his thirteenth birthday party with his friends. Got drunk that night as well, because uh, whatever. I did something else that day, but we'll get to that in a bit. Last night it was my brother's actual thirteenth birthday. Got drunk last night as well. Didn't go to bed till about seven o'clock this morning. Incredibly tired. I also currently have a racing pigeon sitting in my dining room at the moment. Uh, that we found and we are set to release. We're, well, we'll be releasing it on the day that this episode is being released. So Tuesday morning, uh, we are releasing uh, the racing pigeon so it can find its way back home. I might do a YouTube video on the story of the racing pigeon. Um, if people want that. But yeah, there's currently a racing pigeon in my dining room. Uh, I've named him Pedro. It's going to be sad to see him leave. I don't want him to leave, but that's... Uh, the price you have to pay. Anyway, Saturday, yes, what happened there? So, so I got very drunk that night, but I did something that day. I went back to the cinema because cinemas have reopened, which means I'm also back at work. So managing two podcasts and work is going to be fun, but I don't mind. I'm up for the challenge and I will try my best to get it done, and I'm sure I will. Um, but yeah, cinemas reopened, and uh, so I decided to go and watch a film on Saturday. But what film, you might ask? There are no new films out at the moment. Well, random listener who definitely didn't ask that question because you really don't care that much. Thank you for your question. In fact, there aren't any films out at the moment. New films. So what Cineworld are doing, and I assume many other cinewa- uh, cinemas well, uh, across the country, thought that I'm promoting one over the other. But I work for Cineworld, so I'm going to promote them. What they're doing, they're showing older films uh, as a way to draw customers in until the influx of new films starts coming out. I think the first one is Tenet on the 24th, 26th of August. So they're showing old films. But you and... What film did you go and watch in the cinema, you might ask, that is old? Well, thank you once again, random listener, who definitely didn't ask that question. I went to watch my favourite film of all time. Because I went in on Saturday morning for the uh, briefing, coronavirus briefing and everything, just to guess, back up to scratch and know how we're handling uh, the reopen, which is fine. And on the way past, I just looked at what films were on that day, and I saw it in all its beautiful glory. Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back, which my, genuinely is my favourite film of all time. If anyone knows me well enough, they will know that is there's no film I love more than that film, mainly because the Empire wins. But that's that's my own personal taste. 
But I saw it was on and thought, I have to go and see this. Because it's my favourite film of all time. And it, But it came out 20 years before I was born, 1980. So you now all know how old I am. 1980, 20 years before I was born, that film came out. And so I've never seen it in cinema. The only Star Wars films that I've seen in cinema are all the ones released in the Disney era. So you can imagine how depressing that is. So I thought, I can't not see my favourite film in, in the cinema. So I phoned up uh, Cameron, my best mate, went, yo, want to see Empire Strikes Back later? He was like, yo, let's do it. I was like, yo, right on. And then we went to uh, watch the film. And it it was a weird experience because, I mean, I've watched a film multiple times in the cinema. I saw Endgame about seven, eight, nine times in the cinema. But it was still a new film, so it was different. This is a film I've seen God knows how many times over and over and over again. My most watched of all the Star Wars films, and the Star Wars films are my most watched films of all time. So that's an incredibly high number that I've seen Empire Strikes Back. And it was weird seeing that in a cinema, because it was a film that I, I I know the whole way through. I knew everything that was going to happen. I knew most of the lines, if not all of the lines. I caught myself every time Darth Vader was speaking, mouthing the words along, you know... I just catch myself, I was like, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm saying Darth Vader's lines because Darth Vader is the most awesome person in the world, by the way, and there's no wiggle room on that. Um, well, in a galaxy far, far away, not on this world, of course. Although he would be cooler than any person on this world as well. But yeah, I just, there was something weird about seeing it in cinema. I mean, the Battle of Hoth, I think it was the surround sound of it as well. Obviously, you get surround sound at home, but it's nothing like the surround sound of a cinema where everything's going on around you. It's incredible. The Battle of Hoth was amazing, and I did notice myself uncontrollably smiling during the Battle of Hoth as I was sitting there thinking, yes, the Empire are literally slaughtering the rebels at the moment. And, uh, yeah. Oh, what a beautiful film it is. And what a, what a, honestly, a fantastic experience that was. Seeing my favourite film of all time in the cinema... I feel like anyone should see their favourite film of all time in the cinema at some point, and I'm glad I got that opportunity. And in fairness, not that I'm promoting, but Cinema World have loads of other great films going on at the moment. We've got Back to the Future trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, Onwards Back, Sonic the Hedgehog, The Greatest Showman. That's another film I really like, actually. This is the greatest show. We like now, we won't come down. What can stop us? The best song in that film is From Now On. These lies will not be blinded by the lights. From Now On. What's waited till tomorrow starts tonight? It starts tonight. Let this promise in me start. Like an anthem in my heart. I'm really sorry for that. I got distracted. I was singing that last night whilst drunk playing Mario Kart at about three in the morning. This is the curve I'm grading on at the moment. But you know what? I'm enjoying life. That's all that matters. And watching Empire Strikes Back genuinely in the cinema was... It's definitely a highlight for my life. Because, as I say, when most people's favourite film or a film they've experienced growing up or watched in the cinema themselves. And whilst I did experience Empire Strikes Back growing up, that was only the uh, DVD I'd watched with my dad. So being able to see that in the cinema was just incredible. I loved it. I loved every moment. And that shock twist at the end, guys. Who would have thought... By the way, massive spoilers if you've never seen Star Wars. But, I mean, if you know pop culture, 
you know this spoiler already. Because who would have thought that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's uncle? I mean, I didn't see it coming. When he was like, no, I am your uncle. I was like, oh my god, jeez, I did not see that coming whatsoever. What? The massive twi- Uncle, fucking hell. Uncle Owen was his dad all along. Jesus Christ, that's not... Obi-Wan was his real dad, jeez. No, ooh. Whew. Some saucy stuff. But no, I, I did genuinely love love seeing it in the cinema. And I suppose, rather than talk about my experience in the cinema, I should discuss whether whether this film has failed or not. And if anyone here... I can... You know what? I mean, I know this won't be good for the analytics, but I can save everyone listening a lot of time now. If you're if you're in a rush and you're listening to this, uh, I'll li- you know... The film hasn't failed. It's my favourite film of all time. I can, I can, you know, nip nip it in the bud here. If you're in a rush, go. You've already, you know, I've got the listen. It's the only sort of analytics I look at. Um, that's not true. I know Cornelius looks at the uh, all the other stuff, but listens are my most important thing at the moment. Um, so honestly, if you're in a rush, go. It hasn't failed. If you're not in a rush, let's listen to me fanboy over the best film ever made. Um, the reason it's the best film ever made is uh, Darth Vader. Um, there you go. End, end of the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. And I was... No, I'm joking. Um, well, I'm not joking. Darth Vader is... If you think I'm a Kyber fanboy from some of the previous episodes, you've got to realise I'm a much bigger Darth Vader fanboy than I am a Kyber fanboy by by hundreds and hundreds of miles. Darth Vader was, was my idol growing up. Probably still is my idol now. Um, I'd love just, he's just so cool, man. He's got that red lightsaber, like, the red lightsaber looks fucking sick. He's got the voice of James Earl Jones, who has one of the best voices ever. Force choke is just the best ability ever. Someone pisses you off and you just literally snap their neck with your mind. That is the best that's the best force power. Isn't it? Like force lightning's great, but you know, you, you can see that coming, and like you get arrested for that. Force choke—they don't hurt you. You're doing it, you're crushing their windpipes with your mind. Nothing physical is going on in the outside. Like force lightning—you can see it. Like very often. witnesses will see that. This guy—it's inexplicable how he died. It's just the best force power by far. And yeah, I oh, I, I so wanted to be Darth Vader. It's just so cool. And in fact, during this pandemic, I'm depressed that we have to wear surgical masks and not Darth Vader masks. Because, like, I mean, he's got a built-in filter of all things. That's so much better for preventing the pandemic coronavirus thing. But no, we have to wear surgical masks because they're cheaper to produce and look less silly. What do you mean they look less silly? They, they really don't. They all look like bras. Everyone is just wearing a bra on their face. I'm um, sorry, uh, my mask isn't big enough. I need a C cup. Oh, fuck off. No. Darth Vader masks are the way forward. Before anyone goes, well, actually, it's a helmet. No, it's a mask with a helmet on top. The little samurai bit is a helmet, but the bit that goes over his face is actually a mask because it comes off separately. Stormtroopers have helmets. Darth Vader has a mask with a helmet on top. So, actually, <laughs> fuck you. Before, I've been corrected recently for that, and it drove me insane. It's a mask with a helmet on top, right? It, it, you, watch Return of the Jedi. It's how it works. Or even Revenge of the Sith when it gets put on for the first time. It, it, it's a mask with a helmet on it, okay? 
It's just the f them just be the rules. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to know what I sound like because I'm fanboying whilst being incredibly tired and probably still hungover, to be fair. I did quite a few vodka shots last night, mixing that with ciders and a few other things. It was a cracking night, but yeah, I'm feeling the effects of it now. And I'm sure you can tell why you're listening to this. Ooh, hee hee. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Focus. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so why do I think the film's so good? I think, genuinely, I know I made the joke about the twist earlier. I think that is one of the biggest, most important things about this film. It is still the penultimate twist in in uh, cinema history. It's the kind of twist that M. Night Shyamalan looks up to. Like, I want to get a twist like that one day. Like, no one... No one saw it coming that, that Vader was going to be Luke's father. Spoilers. Massive spoilers. If you haven't seen it. But no one saw it coming. In fact, it wasn't in the original script. The original line, this was in an interview with Mark Hamill himself, was, Obi-Wan killed your father. And that is the line that David Prowse, who is obviously the man inside the suit, like physically acting as Darth Vader, said when when the filming was done so that everyone thought that was the original line. But just before the scene was shot, um, I think Ivan Kirshner actually pulled over Mark Hamill to his side and gave him the revised script where it said, I am your father. Mark Hamill was shocked. He was like, no, no, that's, that's not true. Is, is that true? And Ivan Kirshner was like, well, you search your feelings and, you know... You, you find it to be true, you know, and that's how we're going to play it. So the only people who knew were George Lucas, Ivan Kirshner, um, uh, what's it, Mark Hamill, can't, uh, this is how tired I am, I couldn't even remember the name of Mark Hamill, and James L. Jones. Pretty sure they're the only four people who knew. So it was that close he kept a secret that even the cast didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father until they watched it. Which, that is incredible. That, that wouldn't survive these days. You know, that, that would get out there. And in fact, the Obi-Wan line did. <clears throat> because apparently there was a pub near Pinewood Studios that they'd all go to afterwards. And journalists and stuff would go there and bribe some members of the crew to give away spoilers. And one of them gave away the Obi-Wan killed your father line. So apparently, like, a few days later, there were all these headlines. Alec Guinness's heroic character is actually the villain. And, like, George Lucas and Mark Hamill would have, like, an inside joke that, obviously, that wasn't the spoiler at all. When they watched the film, they'd be completely blown away. No, Darth Vader is actually Luke's father. Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, and that's... It was such a brilliant twist and so clever. And, as I say, something that even if you don't know Star... I've spoken to so many people who don't know Star Wars. And I'll be talking about it, and... I'll be like, oh, I don't want to mention, you know, the big twist. And they're like, what big twist? I was like, well, do you know who Darth Vader is? And they're like... Oh, what, that he's Luke Skywalker's father? It's like, they've never seen a single Star Wars film, not even a single frame of a Star Wars film in their entire life. But they know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father because it's something so ingrained in, in pop culture at this point in cinema history because it was such a mass... No one saw it coming. And it's one of those things, I don't think it's ever going to be recreated. They tried it with the whole, you're a Palpatine. And it's like... Oh, raise Palpatine. Ooh, 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 that makes no sense. Like, no. 
Whereas Darth Vader being Luke's father, whilst it didn't make entire sense, because you're like, well, you know, we were told he was dead, but you can understand that it might have been a lie. And it's still a massive twist. It's like, shit, that's Luke's father, not, oh, she's a Palpatine. Woo, yeah, yay, Ray's a Palpatine. Yeah. Woo. Whereas this, you're like, holy shit, that's Luke. No, Darth Vader's not. Dad Vader? No. And it's just so incredible. And that that alone is enough for Empire Strikes Back to be the top. Um, you know, the fact that the Empire wins tops it off me. A controversial opinion here, uh, but I do have my reasons. I think the fight between Luke and Vader at the end on Cloud City is the best lightsaber fight in all of Star Wars. Now hear me out here. Right? The best sort of cinematic fight and the best to watch I would give to either Duel of the Fates or the Battle of Heroes. Right? I'm not denying that in the slightest. If you wanted to watch a cool lightsaber fight Duel of the Fates or Battle of Heroes I think my personal preference and this might be controversial in itself is the Battle of Heroes. I think the choreography between Obi-Wan versus Anakin aka Vader at that point is incredible. Um, don't worry, the soundtrack for Duel of the Fates is is far better um, than Battle of Heroes. Battle of Heroes is still amazing. But this is the thing, they've all got brilliant compositions as well. Duel of the Fates is just iconic as music, but I do prefer that fight. And But for cinematic, they're better. But you've got the best lightsaber fight in all the Star Wars films. Luke versus Vader, Cloud City. Because not only does that have the awesome music, that music being... From time to time, the Imperial March, which obviously was introduced in this film. That's another reason I love this film. My favourite uh, part of the Star Wars soundtrack is the Imperial March. As a massive Darth Vader, Empire guy, I love the Imperial March so much. So the fact that this is the film that I was introduced in, that's another tick in my book. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Yeah, as if Elvis sang the Imperial March. But, yeah, so the soundtrack for Vader versus Luke is, is amazing. I just think it's more the psychological part of that fight that I think makes it so impressive for me. Because yet, the, whilst the fight is epic and a clash in itself, because you know this is the first time the main hero and Darth Vader have faced off on the screen. However, like face to face, lightsaber to lightsaber, but it's the fact that in hindsight, when you find out that Vader is Anakin, you realise that Vader is not just going easy on Luke; he's testing him, and that's the terrifying thing about it. Because Vader let's be fair, completely wipes the floor with Luke, that, that duel anyway. Yet, you realise that this whole time, he's been absolutely holding back his full power. Vader could have killed Luke in an instant, but he was testing him, trying to push him to the dark side and test his abilities to see if he is strong enough to help him take down the Emperor. It's basically one massive psychological test of a father to his son, but Luke doesn't know, he's under absolute stress and strain, trying not to die, fighting the Dark Lord of the Sith himself, 
Well, Vader's just having a field day, just throwing objects at his son in a really weird fatherly love thing. And, yeah, that's why I love it so much. Because, yes, it's not a cinematic and epic, a physical clash. But the psychological side behind it, where it's a father testing his son and an absolute monster going easy on Luke. And Luke, I think that's what makes it so terrifying as well. The fact that Vader shows just how powerful he is. Because... At first, you think he's wiping the floor with Luke, but you think, oh, at least he's trying his hardest, though. Like, Vader's putting in effort, and he's, you know, he's, he's wiping the floor with Luke, though. That's terrifying in itself, to see the hero lose. But it's then when you realise that, actually, Vader wasn't trying. Vader was pulling his punches the whole time. Vader could have killed Luke easily. But even not trying, Vader was completely overpowering the guy. And that's terrifying. And, and the thought of, the Empire completely overpowering the Rebels in this film. I'll get to it in a minute. But first, I would obviously like to mention the word from our sponsors, which, as it has been for weeks now and will continue to be for the foreseeable future, and I'm happy that it is so, it is, of course, King Styles Apparel, the brilliant merch store uh, attached to all of the podcasts here at Sigil Arts. And in, thematic, in theme with this, there is a Star Wars shirt. I believe it's called A Failure Far, Far Away. <clears throat> can't remember the exact name of the uh, shirt off the top of my head. Um, I'll be buying my uh, copy of that soon. Copy? My my own shirt of that soon. Um, but there's so much brilliant merch from me and all the other creators coming soon. And well, some of them already have it. Other creators will have it coming soon related to podcasts. And more merch for my podcast will keep getting pumped out as time goes on. And that is something we are all very proud of at Sigil Arts and very proud of Cornelius King's Eyes. For putting that together. So actually a big round of applause for him. Uh, for actually managing. He worked very hard on the uh, store. In fact we will have a. Either podcast episode. Or a YouTube video soon. Of me and him discussing the merch store. The effort that went into it. And the products itself. In an interviewee type way. We, we've been discussing that. And that will be coming out. Uh, in the foreseeable future. When we work out a time to actually sit down. And get that done together. Um with our very busy schedules um but yeah thank you to him for all the merch i love the merch uh, i wear it all the time i don't think i own any other shirts anymore because all i wear is the uh self-promotion ones uh love a shameless plug um but yeah uh, please do go check out the merch yourself and support your favorite uh art content creators and uh because you're listening to me, I hope I'm your favourite, and I hope you support me by buying your merch. And if anyone out there who's listening to this does actually end up buying my merch, please go onto YouTube or join the Discord server. And if you go onto you'd not YouTube, sorry, Twitter. If you go onto Twitter, tag me in uh, the photo of you wearing the merch or holding it next to yourself. Or if you're on the Discord, do join the Discord server and just post it in the Discord server. Uh, you can at me in that because I will want to see your pictures. And see you enjoying your merch. Uh, so thank you for listening to my little rant about the merch there, I suppose. And without further ado, we will get back into talking about the best film ever made. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah, so I was talking about the Empire completely overpowering the uh, Rebels, like Vader did Luke. And that is shown completely in the Battle of Hoth. Because the Inner New Hope, you don't really get to see the military might of the Empire. Because it's more focused on the small group of Luke, Leia and Han trying to escape the Death Star with the Death Star plans and then take it down. 
So it, it makes it seem like the rebels are much more competent and a better fighting force than the Empire. But then you get to Empire Strikes Back, the Battle of Hoth. This time the rebels have the defence, you know, they've got all the stuff set up. But it's a whitewash. The Empire just completely tread over them. Like, I, you can't explain how much of an absolute slaughter the Battle of Hoth was. The AT-ATs just destroyed the rebel uh, defences. The stormtroopers tore through the base like it was no man's business. It was literally such a devastating defeat for the rebellion. But I think George Lucas being the very clever man that he was, he knew that he needed to remind the audience that the Empire are a credible threat. There's a reason this rebellion has been on the run. Because obviously we see in the opening crawls for the first two films that the, the rebellion sort of on its knees and it's on the run it's not really winning against the empire but then you get to the end of a new hope and obviously they've had this massive victory because luke's come along who's obviously the new hope and can has the force but george lucas realized that to keep it going he needed to show that no the empire there aren't any pushovers what happened in the death star was a one-off thing so you get to the battle of hoth and it's an absolute slaughter, a slaughter that I smile through the whole way, because being an Empire guy, I love seeing the Rebels just get their asses handed to them time after time again. It's another reason Empire Strikes Back is one of my favourite films, because the bad guys don't often get a chance to win in films. Uh, Infinity was another example of when that happens. Um, but watching the bad guys just repeatedly in this film walk over the Rebels and I think it was needed, and that's why George Lucas did it. He knew that to make the Empire seem credible across three films, they needed to have on-screen wins. It couldn't just be the opening crawl telling you, oh, this happened. It needed to be, right, you're going to see what the Empire can do. Otherwise, we would have lost the threat that the Empire held. In the first film, that first introduction of the Star Destroyer after the opening crawl, that would put kids in awe and make you think, oh, shit, they're powerful. But then by the end, the, the Death Star's destroyed. So a bit of that credibility's gone. You're like, oh. But you go straight into Empire Strikes Back and the imagery of the Star Destroyer comes back. But then you get the Battle of Hoth and you're like, no. the This isn't someone you mess with. The Empire mean business. And the Rebellion are on their knees. They're not holding up well in this war and they're not winning this war. The Empire has full control of this conflict. The Rebels are holding on by a thread, and that thread, frankly, is Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Princess Leia. Oh, and R2-D2. Oh, I'll put C-3PO in there as well, but R2-D2 is the unsung hero. Speaking of, there's the bit at the end of the film where... um, <laughs> So, obviously, they're trying to use the tractor beam to pull in the Millennium Falcon. It's just escaped from Bespin, and obviously the hyperdrive's still broken... And just as they're about to get them locked on the tractor beam and pull them in, R2 fixes the hyperdrive and the Falcon jumps to light speed and they escape. And that's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant scene. And there's a bit where Vader sort of looks out the window and looks back and then looks out the window and then starts walking away. And I think I've interpreted the missing ingredient of that scene. I think that most people <coughs> don't notice. Most people look at that scene and they think, oh, that's just Vader depressed that Luke got away and that his son didn't join him, you know. And I'm like, no, what's really going on in that scene? Is Darth Vader sitting there thinking, R2, that was you, you son of a bitch. Darth Vader's literally sitting there thinking, look, there's only one droid in the entire galaxy that could have fixed that hyperdrive in the nick of time to help them escape. 
R2, you son of a bitch. Like, he's literally just sitting there like, look, that's R2. Oh, you old, you old scallywag, you R2. Of course it was you. That's genuinely, that's what's going on in Darth Vader's head right there. I've got the original script. I know. That's a fact, guys. An absolute factoid. Another scene that I did find quite funny and I interpreted in this way when I was watching it on the big screen. I said this to Cameron afterwards. Um, Vader learned his lesson big time, right? Because by this film, um, as as Luke enters the chamber to uh, the carbonite chamber to fight Vader, Vader's at the top of the stairs. And what he doesn't say right there, but he should have done is, it's over, Luke. I have the high ground, right? Vader has learned his lesson. He made sure he had the high ground before he even like entered the fight he was like nah bitch i got it but then he jumps down and then luke gets the high ground and oh it gets all messy but vader's learned his lesson he wins the fight and that that is what's most important here but what i find really interesting about this film as well because completely digressing um from the previous point um because i'm erratic and i don't need links who needs links when you're a failure like me hashtag good to be a failure um (laughs) jesus christ but yeah so the film got heavily criticized at first when it first came out um because this is ryan johnson was like oh yeah but empire strikes back got criticized that's why the last jedi is going to be no the last jedi is dog shit the empire strikes back had a few people that criticized it when it came out but the majority of people still loved it so it was incredible, but one of the actual big um, people who disliked it was actually the guy who directed episode six. We didn't dislike it, but he didn't like some of the ideas. Like he thought it was stupid that you could hold a lightsaber with one hand, which we all know now is very plausible and very possible. Um, so episode six guy was wrong because of course you can you can hold a lightsaber with one hand. It's the hilt is pretty much the only heavy bit because the blade is energy. So I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, you missed the ball there. But the film was somewhat controversial when it came out because it was a lot darker than the predecessor. Uh, Vader strangles a lot more people. Um, he kills what two of his men in the film? Two, three? I mean, that's on screen. We all know off screen he's killed a lot more. Like the people who was in charge of chapter beam control. They were getting murdered off screen when the film ended by Vader at that point for letting them go. Like, a lot of people were killed by Vader in that film, whether we saw it on screen or not. It blatantly happened. He was not in a good mood that entire film. Which is why it's so good. Sorry, excuse me. And it is genuinely just just a masterpiece film, if I'm completely honest with you. like I, I just genuinely love the film so much. I can't express... What a great film I find Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Because most second films are just a bridge film. They're just there to fill the gap between the beginning and the end. And they don't really do much. But this film, yeah it bridges it. But it's a film in itself and it's one hell of a film. I can see why people vote this film to be the best Star Wars film of all time. And and obviously I'm one of those people. Because I, I just... There's something about this film that's just absolutely brilliant. It stands out. It's much darker in tone. You know, they take things seriously. The bad guys win. I think that's the big thing with this film. The bad guys win. Han Solo is trapped in carbonite. The rebellion is on the run, 
without resources. Luke lost his lightsaber in his hand. You know, the Empire completely just sends the rebels back to square one after the defeat of the Death Star. And they'd done that anyway because they'd already chased them halfway across the galaxy. And now they were like, no, look, we're going to hammer you even more. And that, I think, especially at the time, was a brave choice by George Lucas. Because obviously now it's a bit more acceptable to have the villain win. You've got Thanos <coughs> as the big example, sorry. Um, and to an extent, the Joker wins in The Dark Knight, I suppose. Uh, making Batman have to take the fall for Harvey Dent and everything. But for the most part, you stick to the normal story of the good guy always wins. Because that's a good message to teach kids and... Even as like adults, for the most part, we like seeing the good guys win. But there's always a part of us that wants to see the bad guy win from time to time. And that is where films like Empire Strikes Back comes in. It appeals to us because it's different. And it's, it's sort of satisfying every now and again to be shocked by the fact that, shit, the guys we're meant to be rooting for just lost. <clears throat> Not that I root for the rebellion, of course. I'm a pro-Empire guy the whole way. I'm cheering for the Empire the whole way through the saga. And... The fact they got defeated, I think, was... Well, I mean, it's absolute plot armour, let's be fair. But, yeah, I just... George Lucas was a genius for... I mean, in general, George Lucas was a genius. I can't praise the guy enough for what he came up with and the worlds and the galaxy that he crafted. But for having the guts to go in and go, you know what, I'm going to have what is essentially Hitler in my universe be the dad of the main character... I'm going to have that guy choke two guys on screen in the film. Probably multiple guys off screen. <clears throat> I'm going to potentially kill off one of my main characters by freezing him in carbonite. And I'm going to have the main protagonist lose his weapon in his hand in a fight to the bad guy. And also have the good guy team be completely destroyed on the run and running out of people and resources by the end of the film. Have them literally clutching at straws. Like, how brave do you have to be to go, no, literally, I'm going to take my good guys and rip them apart to the point where they won't have much chance. Which, yes, obviously, in the end, makes their victory so much more... I want to say the word satisfying, but I don't find it satisfying. I find it demoralising that the Empire loses overall. Um, but I suppose for normal people, it, it makes it more satisfying when they win. And eventually save Han Solo and Luke gets his green lightsaber. Which, by the way, is his coolest lightsaber. Because that blue one belonged to Anakin. Not Ray. It's not Ray's lightsaber. Never will be. On Google it says it's Ray's lightsaber. I'm not happy about that. It, it's Anakin's. It was buried in sand in The Rise of Skywalker. It's very disrespectful. You can see Anakin screaming from beyond the grave. And, uh, yeah. Anakin Skywalker. That's his lightsaber. And he's also Darth Vader. Ooh, <laughs> there's just so much about the film and I think it is the penultimate Star Wars film and I know not everyone disagrees some people think Revenge of the Sith is the best film and Revenge of the Sith is a very good film and I, in reality you could argue that any Star Wars film is the best Star Wars film I might not disagree I might not agree with you in fact if you say any film other than Empire Strikes Back obviously I will disagree because I think Empire Strikes Back is I might, however, see your argument as more valid. Like, if you were to tell me you thought A New Hope was the best Star Wars film, I'd understand it, right? There's only one Star Wars film that if you said it was the best one, I completely wouldn't understand. <clears throat> and that is The Last Jedi. Even The Rise of Skywalker, if you said it was the best one, I'd, I'd give you a weird look, but 
you know, it's got some good parts to it. Last Jedi is the one that I just really don't like, as I'm sure you've gathered from previous podcast episode. However, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. You, I've got nothing against anyone else liking it. I just can't stand it. But Empire Strikes Back for me is a film that genuinely invokes so much joy in me every time I watch it. Yes, maybe that's weird because maybe you're not meant to support the Empire. But at the end of the day, it's a film. right? I don't support fascism in real life. I just like the Empire, probably because I like Darth Vader so much. I think that's probably the only reason. Then again, I think Stormtroopers look cool. TIE Fighters are awesome and Star Destroyers are fucking sick. The red lightsaber helps, to be fair, as well. <clears throat> so, you know, it, it's it's a film that, yes, it's made for children. But this is one of the most mature ones, I think, as well as Rogue One. Rogue One is probably my second favourite Star Wars film. And I just love it. There's There's something about it that's magical to me. And I think that's something that you guys listening to this, you might not relate to that. Is that the best way to put it? You might not relate because you might not have that magic associated with this film. You might not like the films and think it's the best and that's okay. You might not like the films and not care what one's the best. That's fine too. Genuinely, that's that's all good. And I completely understand that a lot of what I talk about is coming from a place in my heart, you know, from certain attachments I've got to certain characters or or films. But this one more than most, I feel like it might be harder to relate to because I just have an attachment to this film that I don't even know where it started. I just always knew that I liked this Star Wars film and I used to watch them with my dad. And as I've grown up, I've loved it more and more and more. So this film is just something special to me. And genuinely, the fact that I got to see it in the cinema, I, I really can't express enough how much that means to me genuinely so much the fact that i've had the chance of seeing my favorite all time film of all time in the cinema on the big screen you know i like going to the cinema and the thought that i'd never get to see empire strikes back was quite upsetting and the fact that i have now has really that sort of made my year um it's one of the best things that's happened to me this year for sure <laughs> um Saying that, 2020 has been a good year, and I might do a YouTube video or a podcast, maybe. Uh, I'll work something out on that as well. Talking about 2020 and some self-realisations, and talking about why it's been a sh- whilst it's been a shit year, it might actually be one of the most best and influential years for me. But that's something completely different. We're still on Empire Strikes Back for the next few minutes. And, yeah, I. it's really weird. This might be one of the hardest episodes of you have failed that I've actually done if I'm completely honest because when you love something so unconditionally like love a film or actually no even a person to be fair and I'm not comparing my love of Empire Strikes Back to loving a wife or girlfriend in any way but I think if you have an unconditional love for something it's hard to put into words why you love them or how much you love them Um, And I'm sure anyone out there who has a film they like or has an attachment to a pet or a family member or a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, life partner, whatever your relationship with that person or film or game or something is, if you love it that much, it really is hard to put into words just how much and, and, and why you love it. 
And that's why genuinely this this has probably been the hardest episode of UFL I've done. Because whilst, well, it, the, the tiredness and I think hangover probably doesn't help. But um, what really makes it hard is I I love this film so, 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 so much. Yeah, I, and I, I, this is the one thing, if they said you can only watch one film for the rest of your life over and over again, only one film, this would be it. An unconditional love for this film and everything about it. <clears throat> and Star Wars in general, obviously, but this film in particular. So this made it hard to talk about what I love about it. But of course that does mean that... <clears throat> Sorry, I was starting to stuck in my throat. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. There is no fucking way on earth that you have failed... Um, you're the best film in the galaxy, and I look forward to watching you thousands of more times, and enjoying you every single time I do, so thank you so much for being a brilliant film, and thank you so much for listening to my ramblings, again, to everyone who is listening, I really do appreciate it, and I hope that if you do enjoy it, you, you recommend me to a friend or a family member who you think will also enjoy the ramblings of a madman, um... And enjoy the fun we have here. And please do follow me on Twitter at VaderSayan. Or join the Discord server. Links to this are all on e kingseyes.life. And join, become part of the community. Um, because I'd love to get to meet you guys who do listen to this. Get more interactive. And hopefully one day I'll be able to get you guys on an episode of the podcast as well. And we'll work something out like that. So please do follow me on Twitter and join the Discord. Because when I start building a community I can start doing stuff like having you guys on the podcast episodes themselves and maybe even on YouTube videos. Um, but that will do it for this week. I, I do thank you once again so much for listening and putting up with me while I'm not in the best state possible. Um, yeah, so thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. I'll speak to you next week. See you then.